0: Welcome to Challenging Paradigm X. My name is Xerxes Voschengir, and I'm the host of this podcast. In my podcast, I'm interviewing people who like to challenge the status quo. In today's edition of Challenging Paradigm X, we are talking about topics like Can artificial intelligence create consciousness? Do we live in a simulation, meaning, are we actually in the game rather than the real world? Should we treat artificial superintelligence just like threats like the coronavirus? And can intelligence be weaponized similarly to biological and chemical weapons? Today my guest is Professor Roman Jampolski. He's professor in computer science and is specialized in artificial intelligence, safety, and cybersecurity. He has written numerous books and papers on this topic. And if you are interested in these type of topics, stay tuned. Hi, here's Xerxes, and today I'm here with Professor Roman Yampolsky. I'm very happy that you're here, Roman. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Yes, thank you. Let's just start off with, please introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do?
1: So I'm a professor. I do research in computer science, more specifically on artificial intelligence, safety and security. I work at a university, I teach and do research.
0: Please tell us, why, what's the reason, uh, why do you do what you do?
1: I always wanted to work on cutting-edge technology and something important. I don't think there is anything more important than creating artificial minds and making sure they behave.
0: Artificial intelligence now is a very hot topic in general. You've been working for a long time in artificial intelligence. There's one aspect that I always talk about, the term artificial. Do you think, personally, it's the right term to use the term artificial for artificial intelligence? What do we call artificial intelligence?
1: I don't think it matters what we call it. It's just a label. I mean, artificial just means that it's made, it's not naturally occurring. But you can call it whatever else you want, wouldn't change a thing.
0: But maybe, or let's look at it from a different perspective. You've uh, talked about this in the past also. When we look at the term intelligence and then want to differentiate uh, between, uh, let's say, human intelligence and what we call artificial intelligence, I personally think, uh, yes, it's true, it's, it's just a label, on the one hand, but at the other hand, does, isn't the term artificial misleading when it comes to how we define intelligence and what artificial intelligence really is?
1: Well, intelligence uh, has many definitions, one of the uh, best, I encountered talks about accomplishing goals in different environments so whatever it is human or artificial agent i don't think it makes a difference in terms of what it is we're observing and measuring when it comes to intelligence
0: the perspective i'm coming from is basically that when we talk about artificial intelligence in this respect i feel like we are Putting artificial intelligence a little bit down in the sense of when it comes to the topic of uh, consciousness for example that when something is artificial it cannot have consciousness for example so this is why i feel like maybe artificial is is really you, you can say it's just a label but i think it's really degrading what artificial intelligence could really be and also when it comes for example to simulation theory then the question is why is our intelligence not supposed to be artificial you see what i'm saying
1: right so that makes the whole subject a lot more complicated you go beyond intelligence to things like consciousness which we are not very good at detecting measuring or in any way reproducing. so i think we could have potentially a very capable intelligence which was not conscious that would not be a contradiction Okay. Um, So I I don't think at this point there is anyone in terms of artificial agents who would get offended by being called something less. They just don't have that that capability yet.
0: I don't think uh, in the sense necessarily of uh, being offended, but in the sense of putting it into the right perspective and giving it the right value in the sense of where it's supposed to be so this is the one part the other part why I'm asking in this respect is uh, I personally I don't know how you feel about it I personally feel like that the question if artificial intelligence can have consciousness or not is actually perhaps one of the main questions or major questions uh, because I feel like if artificial intelligence would be able to create consciousness then uh, it would change quite a lot of things basically in the sense of the question what does it mean to be human and then what we call artificial intelligence how artificial is it is it not just a different type of intelligence than human or biological intelligence you see where i'm coming from
1: so i agree it's a very important question fundamental question about consciousness and i have done some work showing that perhaps consciousness is a side effect of intelligence you cannot avoid it so, it's very possible that our machines, in fact, do have some rudimentary internal qualia and uh, will have superintelligence with superconsciousness as a side effect. So, a lot of what I do is not just about narrow systems we have today, but about futuristic systems. Yes. And those are super intelligent systems. It's hard to show any more respect than calling something superintelligent compared to us, barely intelligent humans. So. I think there is a possibility that they will be greater than us and more conscious and have multiple streams of consciousness and deeper experiences.
0: If true, what do you think this would mean for us?
1: In what sense? So if there are other conscious beings out there, it doesn't mean anything for me. What are you asking about?
0: Uh, For us, as humanity. If there is an intelligence that is perhaps way more intelligent than us, and also has consciousness. Do you have any speculations what that would mean for humanity?
1: So if it's super intelligent, our concerns are about control. Who is in charge, who is making decisions, who is uh, surviving. Whatever that intelligence is conscious or not is not as important. Let's say it's a very malevolent intelligence, and you have this Terminator chasing you, trying to kill you. I don't think you care if it feels anything or not. It's the same outcome. With low-level AIs, it matters because if they are conscious, we cannot exploit them, we cannot use them in certain ways, that would be unethical. But again, if it's super-intelligent systems we're talking about, I think their intelligence dominates the conversation over their internal states
0: how realistic do you think it is or in which time span for us to reach uh, to that level of super intelligence?
1: Well, I think it's very realistic. We'll definitely get there as soon as we get to human level because of how computers operate in terms of memory and access to knowledge. It immediately becomes super intelligent in a certain sense. As to timelines, I've seen predictions from seven years to hundreds of years. I don't know for sure. 2045 is a number a lot of people come up with based on different data streams.
0: But from your experience, from your research, you're an expert in this field for many years, uh, what's the time span that you feel like is realistic?
1: I would be surprised if by 2045 we didn't get there.
0: If we wouldn't or if we would?
1: I would be surprised if we didn't have it by that point.
0: Okay. Tell me, what do you feel like are the discussions in, in the field of artificial intelligence, uh, future technology, that we should more have in the public that we don't have?
1: Well, we rarely discuss not just can we do it, but should we do it? Okay. So everyone's working on making those systems more capable, getting there as fast as possible. But so many people around the world never had a chance to understand what the issue is or consent to it and definitely this technology will impact everyone so we're essentially performing an experiment on billions of people we're starting it already with children today we give them ipads oh let's see what happens in 20 years if you spend a couple months a year sitting on an ipad we'll find out and uh, likewise uh, if we do develop this uh, more capable intelligence Maybe it will be controlled and beneficial, maybe not. Uh, But we haven't had this conversation with the general public.
0: Okay. What do you think will be the effect of quantum computing? What's your perception, how far we are there and how will perhaps change or accelerate the research and the development in artificial intelligence?
1: I'm not sure we need quantum computing to get there. It might speed up things if compute is a limiting factor. I think most impact will be in areas like cryptography, where a lot of existing protocols will be broken. A lot of private information will be released, cryptocurrencies will be impacted. So I think short term, that's where most of the impact will happen.
0: So you think it's mostly a security issue, less about the development of artificial intelligence where quantum computing...
1: As far as I can tell, I haven't seen an exact learning algorithm which would heavily depend on quantum computing in order to perform. Okay. But uh, with quantum computing, it becomes possible to do integer factorization and then it may be problematic at some point.
0: And one of your main uh, fields of studies, artificial intelligence and uh, security, we already talked a little bit about this. What else do you think, uh, like apart from quantum computing now, is important in this field of security and artificial intelligence?
1: Specifically with security, we don't have much at all. We always work on developing a product, releasing it, but rarely consider how insiders or outsiders can hack it, manipulate data. We're just starting to see a little bit with self-driving cars. But in general, AI researchers never considered safety and security questions, and many still don't.
0: Okay, but what do you think it would mean for our future? What it would mean for not just research, but the actual applications? What's your take on this?
1: Yeah, if you release a product which has no security and you don't consider what can happen, we're already starting to see even with very narrow systems. For example, there is a famous Microsoft chatbot day which was released and they didn't consider possibility of users manipulating its learning and feeding it bad data. That seems obvious to consider for something like that, but the system was learning from whoever was feeding it information. Similarly with self-driving cars, we've seen examples of them being hacked. It makes it possible to take over controls of a car, kill a person, kidnap a person. Those are not considered at the time the design of the system is introduced.
0: What do you see as a solution to that problem? Or well, We have to
1: include security experts on, on all projects. Just like when we do basic software development, cybersecurity plays larger and larger role we have to do similar things with uh, intelligence systems
0: and do you have the feeling that the awareness for this issue rises in companies uh, in politics
1: usually so after they have an accident they start yes. to go oh now now it's time to invest in it yes
0: but this of course doesn't go at the rate that would match the challenges that we have with artificial intelligence for example does it
1: it seems to work with narrow AIs, like in general all systems have failed. We had cybersecurity breaches, data was stolen, but usually it's just a financial loss. You get a second chance, third chance. The concern is that with superintelligent systems, you don't get a second chance. If you don't get it right the first time, it's too late. <laughs>
0: And also, I mean, when we look at, for example, at the convergence between blockchain and artificial intelligence, uh, even if it's not super intelligence, there also, you don't have a second chance, do you?
1: Right. We saw examples with smart contracts where a mistake in a smart contract led to theft of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of value. So that's a great example where uh, the systems are not very intelligent. They have tiny IQs, five points or something like that, but they have to control human users and that's kind of a similar challenge of us trying to control superintelligent systems.
0: I mean, this is what you talk about now is on the level of financial loss, but of course, you could program blockchains that do not have a lot to do with cryptocurrencies, but with creating other types of values. So once you program blockchains and combine them with artificial intelligence, especially super intelligence, basically, if you don't consider a lot of things and security is one of the main things, it's not easy just to change the blockchain. How do you feel about uh, some people saying that the combination of blockchain and artificial intelligence being actually a blueprint for Skynet?
1: So blockchain at the end is just a glorified database. I'm not sure what magical abilities it would give to AI. Almost all of it can be done with other technologies by this approach altogether. Okay. Uh, blockchain allows some decentralization, but with a single AI system, that's not a big issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do understand that in this point to agree with you. But uh, what I mean is like a blockchain like Bitcoin, you cannot switch off. So a Bitcoin blockchain doesn't necessarily need the AI, but other blockchains problem in this respect uh, also could be now the, the benefit, of course. But when we talk about dystopian scenarios, basically, I mean, if you don't switch off energy supply, you cannot switch off a blockchain. And then maybe artificial intelligence doesn't necessarily need this decentralized database to work. But my question comes from the perspective that if you combine blockchain and artificial superintelligence, basically you cannot switch it off, other than you switch off all power all around the world.
1: Right, but this is exactly how computer viruses work. Right, you can turn off a virus, you can turn off Internet if everyone chose to do it, but it's not some magical additional protection level. Either you have blockchain software installed and running, or you delete it. Those are the two options, and it's the same with power supply or Internet providers. In general, based on some research we've done and others have done, you're not going to get a chance to turn off superintelligence. If it's uh, smarter than you, it will predict such actions and strike first, essentially.
0: When it comes to artificial superintelligence, you use the word uh, strike now and I before used uh, the metaphor of uh, Skynet and this is of course, something many people are concerned about. Do you think it's really necessary that we as humanity are in fear of artificial intelligence or do you think it's just like Hollywood scenario type of commercial movies that have influenced us in our thinking?
1: Well, you have to be realistic about it. It's not helpful to panic and be pessimistic or be optimistic and think, oh, it's so smart, it's going to be great. You have to realistically look at those systems. Do they have some sort of a control mechanism? What are they capable of doing? Are we capable of controlling that behavior, predicting it, explaining it? And the answer so far to almost all of those questions is no, we don't have this technology today. We cannot control AI at current levels really well if it's not deterministic, if it's making novel decisions, if it's learning, if it's operating in new domains. And as it becomes more capable, our capabilities go down in terms of control. That's just the state of the art today. Hopefully it will change, but it doesn't look too promising.
0: Okay. What does that mean for us? Because you say it doesn't look too promising. What's your It goes
1: back to that question we brought up before. Should we be going forward with this? Should we put limits on capabilities the system can have, resources it can have? Maybe it's not possible to limit it that way. We are right now experiencing some uh, coronavirus outbreak. Yes. And this is exactly the same debate people are having. Should we limit travel? limit meetings, limit our economic capabilities to control it. And there is debate. In some countries, it's very easy to say, okay, everyone stay home, and it works for them. In other countries, it may not work. But in a way, this intelligence is a different type of uh, malevolent technology. We understand biological weapons, we understand chemical weapons, but intelligence can be weaponized just as well. And we don't have the same attitude towards it. Everyone goes, oh, it's just software, you know, what can happen? But it could be much worse.
0: What do you think needs to happen that people, politicians, entrepreneurs, businessmen of the biggest companies do start this conversation, do start to think about limiting, controlling, regulating artificial intelligence?
1: well there is an interesting problem that people who have the power to do something people in control of those major companies they have very strong financial interest to go forward and it's very hard to go against your own interest no matter how smart you are even if you don't understand the problem it's still very hard to go well no we cannot do this this is not a good idea so it would be ideal if we could remove people making those decisions and people benefiting from certain outcomes so they are not combined. You have freedom to make a decision and it's not financially impacting you personally.
0: Tell me, when it comes to especially artificial intelligence, what do you think are the paradigms that need to be challenged? to these paradigms in uh, artificial intelligence uh, and research and how it is applied. Uh, you've talked a bit about it, but do you have additional thoughts?
1: So almost everyone thinks it's a tool, whereas more and more we're turning to the agent model of AI, where it has independent capabilities. And that's a very different type of collaboration and a different type of adversary. Okay. Most people don't see it as such, but once we get to AGI, superintelligence levels, it will not just be a tool for us to use. So don't think of it as a calculator or text preparation software. Think of it as alien intelligence from another planet. If tomorrow aliens come and they have technology to travel, so they're smarter than us, maybe more experienced, how would that interaction go? Can you guarantee that uh, it's going to be beneficial for both ends? This is the type of uh, analysis you can do today and basically decide, do we want them to come? Let's say we have to invite them before we come. Would we want to invite them? Okay. If you look at history of human civilizations, different islands, Americas versus Europeans and so on, anytime there was kind of penetration from one group to the other, the one with more developed technology usually exterminated, wiped out, or did something horrible to the less advanced technological civilizations. So it seems to be a very common pattern. It doesn't have to be that way, but so far we don't have any technology to guarantee that it's not going to be that way.
0: I believe uh, perhaps there is technology, but it's very basic and it's very human uh, technology. And that's basically the dogmas that we believe in, and in this way, the dogmas, the rules that we program into artificial intelligence. So what I mean by that is when we look at our algorithms as human beings, basically what we we read in different books of different religions, there is like, for example, the 10 commandments and you could say that these are is the code with which we humans are being coded or were coded, and even with people who are, who are not believing in God or in religion, spirituality, still in the states, most people are Christian, so they grow up in a Christian society and they tend to have the Christian mindset integrated into them, and this is what I mean by the dogmas. Uh, what I mean by the algorithms we are programmed by. Also, when we look at neuroscience, there's discussion if we have free will or not, but we operate at least semi-automatic. So when we take this uh, comparison now and look at artificial intelligence and look at the example of AlphaGo Zero, where the artificial intelligence only had the rules programmed of the game now not no rules of ethics and so on and so forth, of course. But the rest was a black box and AlphaGo Zero was able to teach itself the game very quickly. So when we look at at this from this perspective, what's your take? Do you think if we program into artificial intelligence certain ethical rules, uh, if that would make a major difference?
1: So first we can observe that people, despite being mostly religious around the world, are completely unsafe. There is no safe people and how dangerous they are is usually in proportion to how much power they have, what they can get away with. Power corrupts. If you give someone absolute dictatorship powers, they become very, very dangerous. No exception to that rule that I know of. We also don't really agree on those ethical principles. That's why we have wars against different religions. Because people say, hey, your rules are evil, my rules are better, let's fight over it. So we as humanity, with same biological code, same everything, don't agree on what code should be. Yes. The classic example with AI is the three rules of robotics, right? You yes. tell them, don't harm humans, do this and that. It always fails. There's uh, contradictory rules, you'll define rules, and you're talking about a super intelligent lawyer. You can give it a thousand rules, a million rules, it will still find a loophole to do as much damage as it wants so this doesn't seem to work a okay. you cannot model a safe agent on unsafe agents b we don't agree on the actual rules to follow and c even if we manage to come up with a list of rules it will still find a loophole to bypass them so this doesn't seem to work
0: okay but this would be a perspective of that the artificial intelligence would want to find a loop to do harm
1: Not necessarily. Uh, A lot of it is miscommunication and undesired side effects. So simple classic examples, you have a system which uh, wants to do good, but just is not very aligned with human common sense. And I say something like, well, I don't want any people to have coronavirus in the world. Well, one way to do it is to kill everyone who has coronavirus.
0: Yes, yes, I see what I'm saying.
1: And it follows the rules, you're doing what is order to you, you accomplishing exactly what is desirable, it's just you don't have common sense to understand, no, that's not what we had in mind.
0: Yes, I see what you're saying.
1: And there, for any example you can give me where this is the rule, I can find a similar maybe silly side effect which you would never think about because you're a human, you understand that's not what I meant. But a machine just looks for what's the easiest way to accomplish this.
0: I, I perfectly understand what you're saying. And then when we come back to the point we talked about in the beginning, if artificial intelligence would be able to create consciousness, real consciousness, would that make a difference? Do you think?
1: So as I said, it has some impact on robot rights and things like that. We cannot torture it and exploit it, assuming we are ethical beings ourselves. It may in a way be dangerous for us because if it understands those internal states of painful suffering qualia, it may become much better at inflicting pain and suffering. It can do a lot of self-experimentation to determine, well, what's the worst thing I can do to you? So in a way, it could be actually quite bad if it has this uh, internal access.
0: When it comes to solutions uh, for the future, when it comes to artificial intelligence specifically, For a healthy evolution or maybe a revolution for the future to develop towards a healthy future, a humanistic future, a future friendly for humans, what do you think needs to happen on a major scale?
1: So it looks like we need a little more time to think about it and have a lot more people thinking about it. Right now we're talking about dozens maybe we need this to be a major effort and maybe getting some more time, some sort of moratorium on certain uh, types of technology may buy us some time. I'm not sure it's possible or enforceable, but in principle, that would be a good thing.
0: Okay. So you feel like, um, this needs to happen on the level of the United Nations or what institution you think is, uh, would be the proper, institution the proper level for something like this to happen
1: it's it's happening at a lot of global organizations u.n is one world government summit european union all of them have panels on ai ai ethics ai governance uh, but a lot of those things are so high level they don't actually provide technological solutions so you get this assurance so we just signed this document saying ai should be good for humanity but it has no impact, it's just a symbolic gesture.
0: The question is really to have something, as you said, that does have impact. What do you think needs to happen?
1: So, like with the pandemic we're experiencing, it seems like bad things happen. People start to realize, oh, worse things can happen. So, in a way, some of those very innocent accidents we have with AI, very good and that they're starting to open people's minds to possibility well this silly chatbot can cause this much damage and this self-driving car can cause this much what happens then the defense ai with control of nuclear weapons has an accident what happens then a ai designed for developing biological agents novel biological entities has an accident can that be bad for us and so slowly people start considering something they never considered before. For many years, it was not a part of a debate. Whatever your technology will have negative impact or not. The question was who can do it first, who can get highest accuracy levels. That's all that mattered.
0: What do you think is a fairly realistic scenario that could happen on this level of institutions? that is not only just theory, but actually also practical for people who work in the field of artificial intelligence. So, what would be the necessary evolution or revolution for us to move forward in a healthy way?
1: So, it would help if we shifted our funding and resources from developing and specifically militaristic weaponized AI to working more on safety and security issues, at least for a while, it may help. It doesn't mean that there is an actual solution. Every solution I've seen so far has significant problems, and the ones which are problem-free are so futuristic, if I told you, it would be like science fiction. It wouldn't be accepted by politicians, by regular people, so... First, it's important to figure out, is there a solution? Maybe the problem is not solvable. That's quite possible. Okay. And that's part of my research. I'm trying to understand, can we solve the problem? How does the solution look? Is it desirable? But it's ongoing research. We don't have solutions, so we, we don't have many answers.
0: Okay. And uh, when it comes to the utopian scenarios, would you like to elaborate on that? Would you call? Sure.
1: So sense? it seems the main problem is we don't agree. What you want, what I want, what eight billion people want is very different. Uh, you kind of mentioned the simulation hypothesis. If we do manage to control the superintelligent entity, perhaps all of us can get individual virtual universes where whatever you want happens in yours. You can have other agents in it. You can be alone. You can be king. You can be slave. It's up to you. Point is, it's customized, and you don't have to negotiate with anyone. If you want to, you can. You can bring your friends, family. But the point is, we don't have to give up what we consider important to satisfy someone else. That's the only solution I found so far which allows for this uh, merger of human values. Everything else creates conflict. At best, you have to sacrifice. Okay. Somebody's atheist, somebody's religious, somebody's vegan, somebody likes barbecue. You cannot get all of them to follow the same rules and be happy. So if you create separate entities, separate universes, personalized universes for everyone, it becomes a possibility. And if you think we live in a simulation, perhaps this is already some experiment by another civilization in that direction.
0: So maybe we go into simulation theory a little bit more in a second but like wouldn't be like a pre-stage of what you talked about now be if we just create a virtual reality worlds where people can just basically live and uh, create whatever they like in a virtual reality with the technological capabilities that you already have right now
1: Right. And that's what happens. Uh, You're right. You have virtual reality and the final step in it is it's not populated with everyone else in your community and you don't have to compromise. Right now, if you go to something like Second Life, there are other agents and you just transfer existing problems to that virtual environment. You can still have the same argument. It doesn't matter. Whereas if it's your universe, you decide what happens in it. You have complete control. You become godlike.
0: And I mean, I'm sure many people that listen to this podcast, they don't know about uh, simulation theory. Would you like to elaborate a little bit on simulation theory?
1: Sure. So it's kind of a scientific way of saying we live in a created world. So religion has been saying it for a while. This is a statistical argument. If we continue developing better and better video games, virtual worlds, at some point they will have very smart AIs in them, conscious AIs, and graphics will be amazing. And if many people play many video games, many such virtual worlds, how do you know if you are in the real world or in one of millions of those games? Statistically, it's more likely that you are in a game. And that's the argument that, in fact, in the future we'll do this and we are right now living in such a simulation. We are agents in that very realistic-looking world.
0: What are you currently working at? What is your current research that you're doing and which direction is it heading?
1: Right, so as I mentioned, I'm trying to understand what we can do, what is possible. And so I'm looking at different limits and impossibility results in AI safety. Results like unpredictability of behavior of superintelligent systems. We cannot know what they're going to do unexplainability, they are black boxes, even if they make a good decision, we don't understand how that decision has been reached. And of course, the fundamental question is, is control possible? Can we control them? And what does it mean? Is it direct control? Is it uh, some sort of implicit control? And what are the limits to that?
0: When you look uh, into the future of your own life, and uh, if you look back then from your deathbed, basically, if you would look at your legacy, which impact do you want to have had in this lifetime on the people around you, on humanity, with your work?
1: Well, uh, just in local context for my family, I want to provide better future for my kids. So if I can create a world where we have beneficial intelligent systems helping us cure diseases discover new scientific uh, breakthroughs it would be a great success as opposed to a malevolent superintelligence, which does nobody knows what so mm-hmm. hopefully i can look back and say okay i helped to steer research in the right direction
0: okay thank you for the interview it was great having you it's very interesting what your research is on and uh, what you talk about and maybe you'll be back again at some stage
1: thank you so much
0: thank you for staying tuned for this edition of challenging paradigm x this week with professor roman jampolski So if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it so Roman's message gets spread even further. And if you like my podcast, feel free to subscribe and write me a review or send me a message with any questions. So if you have ideas or anything else, I'm happy to hear from you. So I wish you a good week and see you next week. Ciao.